Content in this episode may be graphic or triggering. Please take care while listening. Happy New Year, Crime and Cookie Juice fam. Happy New Year, y'all. Yeah, it I is. always say y'all, like I'm talking to you, Chris, so suddenly I'm from Alabama. But anyway, You are from Alabama. <laughs> I mean, you have, you have roots in Alabama. We're just going to claim that. So family, we have a little bit of a treat for you all today in honor of the new year. We figure it's always best to head into the new year with a fresh start. Cleanse your minds, your body, and your soul. Absolutely. Listen, everyone, we get it. We are a true crime podcast. What we talk about is crime, crime, crime. Also some bourbon. Today's going to be a little different. It is the new year. Let's start it fresh and let's start it off on the right foot. With that said, I think a lot of us know, I mean, for those who are true crime followers, listeners, obsessors, mental health and true crime. Ooh, it goes hand in hand. A lot of true crime listeners, viewers, we've got a little more help we need on the mental health side. (laughs) There's a reason we are drawn to listen to stories like this. So we have a treat for you today because I'm a believer in setting intentions and goals. Listen, I don't fault myself if I don't continue them as long as I hoped, but I think that trying is important, especially when you're starting a new year. Just see what sticks, what works and what doesn't. No big deal. Now, plenty of our baggage, we know it's going to come into this new year. Financial struggles may still persist. Relationships may still be strained. Illness may still consume your body. And I know I'll still be grieving the loss of a brother. But I've heard that Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. So I think now is the best time more than ever to kind of switch those attitudes. And here to help us with navigating a new year amongst all the chaos that still continues around us is a dear friend of mine and an amazing human being, Amel Lutlu. Welcome, Amel. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I admire so much what you guys are doing, and I'm so honored to be here. We are honored to have you. Let me tell our listeners a little more about you. Amel is a certified life coach and founder of Mighty Oak Wellness in the Bay Area of California. She works with individuals to help them create the life they want by connecting with who they truly are, gaining clarity on the forces that shape their lives and breaking free of limiting patterns and holding them back. Girl, you would, you could do a number on me and (laughs) we have, we have so many ideas, right? And then we just get like that paralysis of, and we don't necessarily know how to navigate it or know how to stay focused. And I know that that's so many people around us. They have ideas of what they want to accomplish in life, goals that they want to fulfill. But sometimes we just stop because it's so overwhelming. Everything we see every day all around us or somebody on social media doing it better than we can. And so it does become overwhelming and we don't really know how to keep that direction. So let's start with some basic questions. Around the new year, you hear a lot about goals and the pressure to change so much. What are some things that you hear that you're just like, "Mm, don't listen to that, forget it, it doesn't serve you? Yeah, 
Yeah. When I hear this question, great question. Think of this random book that I read years ago called Ignore Everybody. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, we do have this tradition with New Year's resolutions, with a new reset, right? It's it's very tempting because you get a whole new clean slate. You know, I know I'm tempted to be like, oh, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to redo? It's it's a fresh start. And I think we jump into that exactly kind of from that mindset of let me just make a list of things that I've always wanted to do. And I want to ask, why doesn't that work? Like it 90% of the time or something like that, we end up failing our resolutions. So it doesn't seem to be the best way to approach things. And I like to think about more than setting goals, reflecting. And so I love to take time to pause and just reflect on what is important for me. I'd like to ask your listeners, like when was the last time you actually sat down around this time of year or throughout the year and really reflected on what matters for you versus all of the times that we're reacting to expectations and what we mm -hmm. think we should be accomplishing? That Baby. one hit both me and Chris. We yeah. were like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. me too. <laughs> and yeah. I feel like I've lived my whole life that way, you know? Right. I've never been one of those guys that set New Year's resolutions. I used to back when my 20s, but 90% of the time I fail. So I think we've all given up now. <laughs> right, right. I'm, but I am, I am a goals person now. I, I will say, okay, this is what I want to attain in this year. This is what I want to do, and I'll set those goals. But you, let's talk more about reflection. What does that look like? What should that look like? Yeah, it's you do want to set goals, but don't do that first. First, reflect. Then you can set goals that are actually based on your values. So what I mean by reflection is considering what have I learned about myself this past year? Mm -hmm. What actions have I taken that have illuminated something about myself? What do I care about right now? How much of those things I say I care about come from the authentic me versus where the, how much of that is shaped by forces outside of me? Like, what my mom expects me to do or what my workplace expects me to do or society mm -hmm. expects me to do. Mm -hmm. Using that, then that kind of becomes your North Star, right? You're aligning right. with your values. And so would that look more, I mean, I know we all feel the pressure and Chris, he says he doesn't set resolutions, nor do I really, but he's definitely goal-oriented, is always yeah. talking about things he wants to do, both of us. But sometimes those things are just very vague too. You're like, I want to make more money this year. And then are you saying more reflect on what's going to make us happy, how we can do that and being true to who we are. So yes, we want to make more money. We want to be financially stable. That could be a goal, but it's what, what are my values going into this? What kind of job am I willing to take? What kind am I not willing to do that kind of perspective? Yeah. And if I were to ask you, what are your top three values? Would financial success be one of them? If you were to take a real step back. And taking care of my family would be right. So that would be <laughs> financial success. And it might be, it might be. But once you align with that, once you say, yes, it is a value. And I understand why, because I'm in this situation and money is a goal right now that would really help drive these things that matter to me. Then you're aligned and you know where your intention is coming from. Rather than just being like, I want to make more money, Fatima, like yeah. you just said, I'm going to throw myself at 10 different projects that don't matter to me because I blindly just kind of cast that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I, you know, maybe it's different for me because me, 
saying that I want to make more money to, in my opinion, I find that as taking care of my kids or taking able to take better care of my family. Yeah, I, I know that if I, if I make this amount of money that I can better take care of my family for the, you know, for years also to come. get you that new MacBook Pro well, and you know, look, there are certain Chris benefits. Chris is addicted to technology. <laughs> I am. I'm so addicted, and it's so bad. I, but this year, you think I'm going on a financial diet? That's going to be my my diet this year. I'm going to not buy so many techno type stuff that I really don't need. I don't and need here it. Here we have it. Here we have it. So I want to ask if you did end up having a value of. Or if you did end up saying, I would have set a goal of, I want to make more money next year. And contrary to that, you just said, oh, I, I might be over consuming. And so now you can reflect on, okay, is financial, is this financial goal really something? Is is that in my top three? Is it? Are you and asking? It, no, it's it's a oh, hypothetical. Okay. <laughs> 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 <Well, yeah. laughs> <laughs> but now it's like Chris is number one, and then it's Jesus. It is. It is. Oh, no. Please don't do but it like already, that. Already, this this conversation has illuminated to me that maybe there's something deeper to look at for your top three values for next year, and maybe maybe a financial goal may not be one of them if you're already in a place where you might be over consuming in some areas. Mm. Yeah, I do. I do. I think I I'm feeling that, especially for Chris, because I mean, he's a hard worker. So God continues to bless him financially and always will provide. But I think that you want to feel relevant. You want to be doing things that bring you joy. And the more experience you have in your career and diving into TV and now podcasting, and he just authored a book that's going to be coming out. It sounds like your value is wanting to help others with the knowledge you've gained all these years. Absolutely. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, partner. You, you, you know me better than most people in this world knows me. I mean, maybe not Anitra. You know me. I, I love helping people. I truly believe that God has placed me or given me the gifts that he's given me in order for me to benefit those that come behind me. That That's why I love teaching. That's why I love mentoring. That's why I love doing the things that I do. You know, the, the financial aspect that I would do most of this stuff for free. As a matter of fact, I taught for three years at the same college that I'm now the chief of police at for free for three years, driving an hour there and driving an hour back. For free, just because I mean, I just love to 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 impart that knowledge on people. But now it has <laughs> it has morphed into something much bigger, and it, it wasn't by my doing. Yeah. Like I don't want to get ahead. He has a platform, and yeah. I, I think we both do. So for Chris and I, and why we align and what we believe, and we do have the values of everything needs to have a bigger purpose than right. just making an income and putting our names out there. It needs to be for the purpose of helping other people, no, no matter what it may be. I mean, look, here we have a true crime podcast where we love to teach people about the justice system, about how to better understand evidence, the law. But we're taking a break this episode because I also understand in my interaction with a lot of our listeners and knowing myself being involved in true crime, the toll that that can take on my mental health not just that, but the link as to why I'm so drawn to true crime 
why I am in the criminal justice system. It is important that we use this platform for good and not just for entertainment purposes. So I love this so much. And what you guys just, you just nailed it because what you're bringing up is once you start, okay, what are my values? That question and pondering it and coming up with say three, three things that kind of rise to the surface for you. What you guys touched on is the difference between mind value and a heart value. And so the financial piece that you threw out in the beginning seems like very survival oriented, right? I have to do this. It's like a foundational thing. And if I don't do it, my family is not getting what they want. There are these basic needs that I have to meet for myself and my loved ones, very survival, very mind, very achievement oriented. And then looking at your values through that lens, how much of this is purpose-driven and heart-driven and how much of my values are mind-driven and really looking for that balance. Thank you. I'm glad you said that now. And I want to make sure that you are on the same page that I shouldn't go on this financial diet. I should probably just spend what I need. (laughs) Is that that what you're saying? No, that's not what you're saying. You can use it, bro. You can use it. I can use it. Slim that way. All right. Money. Hopefully you know that answer, but we will. I think it's that that is the question to ponder. Okay. So now if, if there were some daily habits that I should change for this new year, what should I start? with? Great, great, great question. I think a lot of times we kind of end up in this pitfall where similar to our resolutions, we start to enumerate things that we think we should do in the day. And that if we, oh, if I can just get in this exercise and if I can cut down on my TV consumption and tick this off and do this checkbox that I'm going to be healthy and happy and fulfilled. And the reason that's a pitfall is because we are not pausing. So I just, before you even say, what are my daily habits? Pause, pause and reflect on what is your intention? What are you trying to achieve by taking on these new habits? What are you trying to align to? So again, like kind of those overall values are a great place to align your habits to. Set down real quick. That is thunder. Oh, it's yes. coming. Yes. That was your stomach rumbling. No, that is not. <laughs> you know, you've heard my stomach rumble before. That is, that was not it. That is thunder. Oh, Very wow. bad thunder we're having out here. Um, and so going back to that, it's because everyone's values are so different. I, it's really, it's such a big question and it's hard to give broad stroke. Here's what you should be doing. It'll be different for everybody. And that's why you really want to reflect on what's important for you. But, but I'm a big believer that there are some foundational habits that are universally so nurturing and so good for all of us. And so maybe what I'll do is encourage your listeners to ponder how much of these are you currently experiencing in your day and why so if that's missing why might that be missing and you know kind of go from there and think about what would it take for you to incorporate a little bit of the following things into your life the first is some kind of stillness right so we are emotional beings we are energetic beings we're not just physical doers and that's what how we operate a lot of the time is we think of ourselves as, okay, get fly out of bed. Here's my list of things to do. And we're caught up in this frenzy of reacting to life. And we don't ever really, most of us pause still, take a moment to gain clarity, to sit with ourselves. You know, that might not be meditation for a lot of people that's really hard to implement. For me, it was yoga. 
Yoga for me was kind of that middle ground between full-blown meditation and like kind of being in this frenzy because it was still very movement oriented. But the point is, whatever you choose it to be, you will find that the more stillness you can sit with, the more clarity you will gain on how you should focus yourself, your energy and your time and on the things that really matter in your life with that self-reflection, time to self-reflect each day on okay, what was that emotional reaction that I had earlier? And where did that come from? And instead, I think that we don't really take time to pause and ponder on the events that we engage in throughout the day. We never truly process and learn from those experiences. Third, connecting with nature. So I hear some people, probably one of my biggest pet peeves in this kind of work is when I hear someone say, oh, I'm not a nature person. No, we are all nature people because we are all nature right? We are nature. And so spending time in nature, whether that is through activities like hiking or going out into your backyard can help you really feel grounded. It's my biggest antidote to stress. Just exposing yourself to the wild in some shape or form is does wonders for our nervous system. And then it does. My husband loves walking. It's annoying. I, I just don't like walking that much. He'll just come up when I'm in the middle of working. And you know, when I'm focused, Chris knows, I'm just like, I don't move for hours. Yes. It's really bad. I focus. And he'll, <laughs> he'll say, want to go for a walk? And I just look at him crazy. Like, I don't have time for a walk right now. Are you kidding me? So eventually I, I realized, okay, a walk's probably good. So I go on this walk and it's only 10 minutes, but I do feel so much better. I don't know if it's the fresh air, just finally getting some exercise or having that time to talk, but it does help a lot, even 10 minutes. Yes. And it's, that's the thing. I love what you just said, because that's the contrast. That's the energetic difference, right? That's created through that activity. You can only really observe it once you've done it. And so mm -hmm. it's really great. Pay attention and notice how you feel afterward and compare it to that feeling you had before you wanted to go on the walk. And that's a huge delta. That's the impact of kind of physical movement and nature. That was going to be my last one is physical movement. And you gave me a great example of how you combine those two. So one of the best habits I love teaching people is the act of learning how to catch yourself in the act. When you are like, sometimes we're doing the doom scroll, right? We're in hyper-focus mode, like you just described. And then suddenly your higher self steps out and they're like, wait, I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm in it right now. Mm -hmm. And in that moment is your power, right? In that moment, deciding to do something different. And, you know, my colleague and I always talk about the idea of doing the opposite, anything different, get up and walk to the kitchen and turn on the faucet, go make yourself a tea, anything, right. break that pattern to get yourself out of the kind of, it's like kinetic energy, right? Like you're, you're, you're moving and you can't stop yourself. This is so true. Cause in taking the bar exam over a decade ago, I was experiencing extreme anxiety. It was my first time I ever saw a therapist and what she told me to do blew my mind because I'm like, that's the opposite of what I thought I should be doing. She said, when you come to the point, when you do not know the answer right away, you don't know where to start. You don't know what to pick. She said, get up, 
walk out of the auditorium. Mind you, I mean, the bar exam is intense. It's a huge auditorium. Just getting to the restroom takes a lot of time. And when you're taking the bar exam, you need every single minute, at least you think you do. Mm -hmm. And she said, there's no way you're going to be able to clear your mind on your own in that moment. If you find yourself at a place where you cannot move forward, you don't know what to do. You're going to get up. You're going to walk over to the restrooms. You're going to take a sip of water. And as you're drinking the water, I want you to feel the liquid going down your throat and into your stomach. I want you to take each sip intentionally. I've never, ever in my life drink water like this, right? But, and as she's saying that I'm getting anxiety because she's trying to teach me something, but I'm thinking, oh my that's, God, that's 10 minutes from my bar exam. Are you kidding me? Yes. I kid you not, that's what helped me pass the bar exam because in those moments when I was walking to the restroom and probably everybody else is looking at me like, what is this girl doing? Oh my God, we don't have time for this. And this is our third time walking to the restroom and I'm taking this sip of water and I'm swallowing it. In those moments, there's a clarity coming into my mind of the answer or what to do next. And it was just all of a sudden I sat back in my seat and I knew what to do. I love that. I love that because you're what you did. I love her tip. It's a vehicle to get yourself out of your mind where you're going through the same old cycle. That's not going to stop until you sit down to do the exam, right? Mm-hmm. Like that cycle, it has momentum. It has a grip on you. And it's, it's a very primitive emotional survival. Like you're in survival mode. There's a tiger yes. <laughs> metaphorically yes. chasing you. And so to get yourself out of your mind, you get in your body, right? Mm. So that specific action that you she outlined for you, that's what it does. It gets you in the present moment where life's actually happening. In my household, I am more of the nature person. But, you know, getting outside for me has always been that one thing that I can always rely on to help me refocus uh, Anything that I'm doing, working out has always been a way of me focusing whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Your koi pond. Yeah. My koi pond has always been like, right now. Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. I have a mm-hmm. very large koi pond. And, and what I'll do is now that I'm, re- I'm writing again, you know, I, I'll probably spend a lot more time out there because it's it's just the focus me listening to music without words in it i can't mm-hmm. <laughs> this is yes. i can't listen to music with words in it because i'll focus on what's being said but as long as i'm listening to music that doesn't have words that i can just focus on beats yeah. i can always get things done i would say chris there's a lot of things that in looking at the way you go about the extremes in your daily life, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when we were filming the show it was long hours. It was intensive content graphic, but oftentimes Chris would be that grounding source. He was great at making sure that if there was a view, look at that sun, look outside and he would mm-hmm. sit outside and I'm inside reading all my notes, right? <laughs> Still having conversations with the producers about what we got. And Chris is just sitting outside, enjoying the view, the sky, taking deep breaths, closing his eyes. And you have that, you have the music that you listen to a lot. I mean, this is not the crazy hip hop you and Rob, no. our producer, like to pop, <laughs> but Chris always has a very calming, almost Sade-like vibe going when he's listening to music. It's always very calming and relaxing. I didn't even know that that's what I was doing. I just knew, I've known for years now that I have to take a step back. I had to do that with my, with the years and years of of work in homicide cases. Like there, there are always moments within my investigations where I have to step back 
and and get refocused. Like I always chew gum. When I was on first forty eight, I would always take a moment and 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 have a pack of gum and chew gum before I walked into a crime scene. It was yeah. something that I did. It was just it was just a way of me focusing because I know that once I get inside of here, I have to be hyper focused on on everything that's happening from you know the smallest pieces of evidence to my victim's bodies. So I had to do something in order to absorb everything that was happening and be able to to push forward in my investigation. So I, I would chew gum before I go. I went in. People, the people yeah, that were fans. But it's also probably the chewing. What's happening? Like, chewing, like Amel said, it, uh, you're doing something with your body. With my That's body. So weird. Yeah, that is. She just. She just. Uh, whole, yeah. Uh, that yeah. my whole brain in, in less than twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I feel like is happening right now. But yeah, that, those are some of the things that I had to do in order to to kind of get through the years of, of, of traumatic experiences that I, I had when I was working in homicide. So but I, I, you could have handled it so differently. And I'm sure mm -hmm. that there are those out there who are kind of succumbing to the pressure and oh, taking yeah. a different route, right? And yeah. not taking the time to balance out that energy, right? right. And so like maybe they're probably living, like experiencing something that's completely different, overwhelmed, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, I hope your listeners are noticing there's so much awareness that you've brought into your experience, Chris. There's that takes noticing, it takes attention, it takes like pausing and noticing what works for you. Right. And I think that's the theme of everything that we're saying is pay attention, yeah. pay attention to how you're feeling, pay attention to what you're believing, take the time to pause and reflect and then act. That's actually what I'm writing now with the book that we're doing now. And, and there was a time in my life that I did not. The only way that I could pause and reflect was at the bottom of a bottle of alcohol. I don't want people to think that I've always been this person that there was a time where I had to go through my own little battles, my own little fights while I was working in, in police work that, that type of mental awareness, it was through you know, more traumatic events. So I'm glad I don't want people to think that I've always had this I say this to the kids that I'm mentoring. And I think this is a line that's very useful in this conversation. Detective Chris Anderson and Chris Anderson are, are two completely different people. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's taken me a while to get to this point. I just I just love that so much. I think that's so powerful because I think a lot of us tend to look at our mistakes or our hard times, the times that we're not so proud of as things we'd rather forget. But we forget that those experiences are the bridge. We had to step on those stones to get to, you know, the place where we're now making different choices. And right. I think that is ultimate self-realization, right? Being aware, realizing that every experience is what makes you and it all served a purpose not to sound cliche but to sound cliche <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it all served a purpose and it's funny because normally amount we are drinking on this podcast we are a true crime and cookie juice <laughs> bourbon podcast today right. we are talking mental health but today my cookie juice is not a bourbon it is i don't know if y'all can see it is a lavender and chamomile tea oh, <laughs> oh my god i mean it's also in the morning over here so that's what i I'm love i love that you just shared that because mine is a freeze-dried miso soup that everyone Ooh. thinks is <laughs> Chris, what do you have? Water? 
I am drinking our favorite water inside Dasani water. I always we keep, work for Dasani. We really should. I mean, because look, if you go in my, my my garbage bin right now, I got like a whole case of empty mm-hmm. bottles of Dasani that I keep because it's the only water that just does it for me. And stop okay. drinking out of water bottles, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, one step at a time. California over here. <laughs> I read somewhere that the average American consumes about 34 gigabytes of data and information each day. And that's an increase of 350% over nearly three decades. So for those of us who are feeling completely overwhelmed, for example, I long for those good old days when you used to spend hours trying to remember who sang a song. Like, who is that artist? And nobody could tell you because there was no internet. It wasn't like that. Or even just waiting for a letter from a friend who lived in a different city, right? Because to call somebody at that time, it was calling long distance. If it wasn't in your area code, mom and dad weren't allowing that. So I really get nostalgic. And oftentimes when I'm just overwhelmed with the internet and social media, all of that, I I wish for those days, we can't go back. I get that. But are these some things that would help create just a moment of peace and being present for us? Yes. Yes. This is such a powerful observation. I love your question. And I think that we all spend a lot of time beating ourselves up for constantly being distracted because at the end of the day, we are making the choice. And so we go to our phone, we turn on the TV, we run to this, run to that. And so it can feel like we're making choices that are bad for us. And then we later complain about it. But hearing this question, I feel like I want to paint the big picture for a second, because I think we all forget what we're fighting against and when what we're up against. If we pause for a second and think about our systems and our structures, we are built to keep us distracted. We are now, I've heard this concept thrown around and it resonates with me. We're in an attention economy where your attention is so valuable for many people out there, for many systems, organizations out there. Everybody is trying to get our attention and it's working because the tools that we have that are so useful, this technological advancement are built to work with the weakness and the way that our brains work and, and keep us addicted and keep us coming back and, you know, dopamine hit after dopamine hits. It's really no wonder. I mean, we, we're not set up for success to manage this properly as human beings. We really aren't. And I don't want to sound all dystopian and everything, but I think that this is the reality that we're living in. And so when we think about this challenge, we really have to have compassion for ourselves first. Hey, this isn't just me being like making bad choices. This is the situation. So how can I be empowered in a different way to make different choices, knowing that I'm I'm up against that? That Because I really do punish myself sometimes if I'm like, oh, I just binged on Netflix and it was yeah. just wasted my time. And how dare you? Other people are out there. They probably ran a marathon. You know, I just like that self-talk. Yeah, I do the same thing. I do the same thing. And so once once we kind of remember that, decide, right? Like it, it goes, I'm going to go back to our New Year's resolution approach, that intention. So decide that you want to do things differently, have set an intention and envision what that looks like for you. What do you want your day to actually go? Vision it, see it. Once you have that intention, then it'll be a lot easier to take actions and set specific like parameters or criteria that will help you get there. Mm -hmm. And what 
what does that look like? So for me, I've really leaned into hobbies that require my full attention. So at night, every night with my daughter, she's 12, we play Scrabble two rounds, my phone's away, and we just play Scrabble together every single night. What, what does that look like for you? Is it a creative, that. you know, something creative? Is it writing a book like Chris is doing? <laughs> it's, mm. it's very different for everyone. But the, the idea being, it should be something that you really feel joy. And it, it's something that you like doing and something that requires your full attention. Yeah. Mm. The writing definitely requires my full attention. And I do just like fatigue. I've got to learn to take those breaks because once I get focused into it, like last night, I sat down in my seat and I put in my headphones, ignoring everything else, even though my wife was sitting right next to me and we were watching the Buffalo Bills football game, which I got to say this, our prayers go out to DeMar Hamlin. Mm -hmm. He was a Buffalo Bills player that he had a cardiac arrest during the game and he is still in critical condition. Mm -hmm. So I want to make sure that we mention him and prayers for he and his family. But I was sitting there in a game and completely tuned out to everything else. And after I was done, I realized that, you know what, I, I just wasted five hours that I probably could have been talking to my wife or downloading her day or, or doing something that I beat myself up a little bit about it. You know, so I've got to learn to take those breaks and take those moments and, and, and just and, set limits. If it brings yeah. you joy, mm-hmm. like it's hard for me. There are some things do bring me joy that I'm, that may be a waste of time, a good show or a good movie. Right. But mm-hmm. I do think it's like you said, just having grace with yourself and saying, I'm going to allow myself this time. Let's limit it. Yeah. But I'm going to en- fully enjoy this time. I'm not going to have right. any guilt about it. I'm not going to shame myself about it. Let me just have this hour, hour and a half. And then I want to make sure that I give my time to other things, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, I, love right. That. I love that so much. Timers do wonders. But I want to draw back to, to be able to do that, you have to notice, right? So going back to awareness and noticing, then it's so much easier to implement those things. Yeah, I'm amazed you even realize that. Chris, I just love you so much. You're just a good bro. You felt guilty about watching football. I'm going to share this with Justin because he He, he walks around the house when it's football and he just takes the iPad everywhere he goes. I'm like, hello, we're in the kitchen. We're in the- <laughs> it's always there. It's, I, I appreciate that. Uh, but Emil, you know that we are a true crime podcast and our listeners generally consume more graphic and traumatic content. And your average person does. A lot of that is because, you know, we have people that follow this page and they've been through traumatic experience. They have Mm -hmm. empathy and can better relate to these stories, but it can sometimes be heavy. Many listeners have reached out to us and opened up about their mental health struggles. What advice do you have for an empathetic person who often feels overwhelmed when other humans suffer? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I love, I love what you guys are doing, but it is energetically sometimes it, I could see that being draining. I see where you're coming from. I think the most important thing is to recognize that when we consume any kind of media, 
not limited to you know crime related or traumatic media any kind of media is and it's an energetic exchange our mind might know you guys may have heard you know our mind is one thing our conscious mind and then our subconscious mind is a whole other thing so our mind might realize that this content is not really happening right now i'm watching a show i'm watching a story fiction or real it's not right now happening our subconscious doesn't work that way so recognizing that is the first step, remembering that while you're aware that this is not real to your subconscious emotional body and your subconscious mind, it is real. And so that is an energetic imprint. It's a, It can exacerbate trauma that you already carry from previous experiences. It can amplify your fears. And if the media is traumatic enough, it can even cause PTSD in some people. Right. I, I think that, you know, on the surface level, this is something that we do enjoy doing. We do enjoy consuming this content. So I really think it's about just being aware of how it can impact us and just moderation and finding a way to unwind. One practical skill that I can, that, that I really encourage your listeners to practice is paying attention to how the emotion, like when you're watching something really sad or gut-wrenching or traumatic, pay attention to what happens in your body. Something is happening in your body. And we often neglect it because we're usually up in our brain. Scan your body from, your, from the tips of your toes to the top of your head. And you'll find a tightness or a tingling or a heaviness somewhere in your body as you're watching that content. In that moment, lean into that bodily sensation and soften it. Yeah. Right? What you're, what you're doing physically and practically and telling your body is, hey, it's safe. Yeah. It's safe. So if we're, if we're watching something that's intense and we begin to breathe heavier and faster... Just taking that moment to, to calm your breathing. Yeah, yeah. Calm your breathing. Muscularly, though, find a tightness, find a tingling sensation, because along with the breathing and along with the heart rate, there's also a contraction happening. And 99% of us don't realize that. Your body physically reacts. I had no idea that it would happen by just visually watching something on television. Of course, I've experienced it a lot in police work. But I, yeah. I had no idea that you, it happens. Or by, hearing it and imagining or it. it. Right. Because mm -hmm. we yeah. tell stories on here. And that's mm -hmm. the thing. When we do them, we often do try to bring some kind of peace of mind as far as what can be done to avoid a situation like this again in different scenarios. Right. And we know that statistics show that women are the ones who are mainly obsessed with true crime. And a lot of that is because it is what we fear. So when we are watching something, we naturally do begin to take that on because that's a, a situation we fear and we want to learn how not to end up in that situation. But it absolutely, in, in that process, it can take a toll on you. So that's where maybe the, the walks, going outside, all yeah. of those things really have to come in. It's a balance. It's a balance. Yes. Learning how to process those emotions is, is a great way to release them out of your body. They do accumulate. It's like an electric current in your body, literally. And so if you don't process that out through like breathing and awareness and, and relaxation, what happens is it accumulates over time. 
so that every time you experience a similar thing, it just keeps building and building. Yeah. All right. Last question. And I did mention to some of our listeners that you were going to be on today. And so our listeners had some questions, different people dealing with different things, anxiety, even loneliness. So I'm going to forward you those questions and maybe you can post them and then I'll post them oh, on my Instagram easy. page to answer these. Check. But yes, a lot of our listeners definitely had some, had some things they Take wanted to ask. But since we're running out of time, my last question is this. It's for those who are stuck. They're headed into this new year, but they still feel like it's the same old them with the same old problems. What advice would you give them to help them take steps forward? Yes. Huge question. (laughs) And I, by when I say them, I mean me. (laughs) Yes. Some of our listeners feel stuck. Me. (laughs) We all all feel stuck in different ways. What does stuck mean, right? Maybe let's start there. Most of my clients, when they come to me and they say, "I'm, I'm in this situation, they feel stuck. Stuck really means you're cycling through the same old pattern, even though you know better, even though you want better. You want to make the changes, but somehow, some way, you keep repeating, you keep finding yourself in the same situation and you can't get out of it. And you might even know what you need to do, but you feel stuck. The reason that you feel stuck is because uh, whether you realize it or not, you're reacting to life in the same way over and over again. And that keeps you in the same pattern. And so if you're someone who is struggling with bad habits, addiction, you're stuck in a bad relationship and you're staying in it, you're at a job that you hate and you're staying in it, whatever it might be, it's time to start pausing more often. It's time to start trying to see the pattern from a different perspective, from a higher perspective. The only way that you can be inspired to take different action, the only way where you can, you need to create space inside which you're not automatically doing the same thing again. The way you create that space where you're empowered to take a different action is you pause and you observe your current reactions. A great place to start very, very practically is your emotional reactions throughout the day. What are the triggers? What are the triggers that set you off that you either like you have a huge outburst or you go back and binge again, or you go back and seclude yourself? The, what are the emotional triggers? What are the events happening that are triggering that emotion in you? Start observing those, start seeing what they are. Is it when you have a thought about your boss? Is it when your husband says X, Y, Z again? What event is triggering you? Then pay attention to your body and what's arising in it. Pay attention to the narrative that comes up in your head. What are the specific sentences that you're telling yourself without even being aware? You're following those commands, but oftentimes we're not even listening to what the words are that we're telling ourselves that causes us to take those actions. And those actions are limiting because they're the same old actions. Mm. So I know that that's, that's work, right? That's, it's not a magic answer because it's not self-awareness. Yes, it does. It does. So the, the most practical thing I can tell you is like, even journal it, grab a journal. And this was my trigger this week. These are my three triggers. This is what I felt in my body, the emotion. And here's what I thought in my head. Hmm. 
And then you will start to see what is it that causes you to take those limiting actions over and over again. And once you see something, you guys are probably, you can't unsee it, right? Mm. And so within that awareness is where you're going to find space to, to be inspired to do something differently. To change it, change that environment, your reaction to it. Yes. And hopefully going outside and getting that 20 minutes of sun helps us yes. do that. Yeah. Right. Because all of, in all those tips that you gave in the beginning, I think that's what helps bring clarity. And I think that's the only way to have self-awareness is if our brain is cleansed and yes. we're not just shoving a bunch of distractions in there. Right. We're having it these meaningful, constantly. meaningful conversations mm -hmm. with ourselves, with other people taking that time. Yes. Yes. One thing I found that's extremely healing for me this past year, and it's I don't think it's healing as much for other people unless they've had the trauma. I've had so much trauma this past year in losing my second brother. And yeah. I can't have shallow conversation anymore. It's really difficult for me. Maybe if I have a few drinks in me, but too many drinks in me isn't a good idea either. Cause then I just go to a dark place. So I'm finding that the hard conversations, I'm having more of those conversations. And that's, what's bringing me healing is actually talking about the pain. Yeah. And so it, you've heard that a lot, but I oftentimes through life, I'm one of those, I just keep going and I keep working through it and I feel adversity, I overcome it and I come out stronger. This time around, I'm finding the only way I get stronger is really talking about the pain and addressing it, talking about him, talking about the trauma of all of it. And yes. not just my pain. I don't even have to talk about mine. It's one of the reasons I think this podcast is somewhat therapeutic is we're talking about painful stories and we're talking to other people about painful things. And so it's also engaging with other people on a more real level of, okay, no, yeah, you said you're good, but like, how are you really? How's life? How are you feeling inside? Are you overwhelmed with everything as much as I am? And those conversations have been heavier, but yeah. they make me feel lighter mm -hmm. somehow. And so it's kind of releasing that reflection, right? It's releasing yes. what's inside, but wasn't being addressed. So if I, I may do... ask what, sorry to interrupt. I am very curious why, what is the, the, you went through a big experience that was very traumatic with that loss that's probably a big gateway into wanting to have these healing conversations. What made it difficult before the event? What made it difficult to have those types of conversations before? Mm. I am a deeper thinker by nature. I'm an overanalyzer. I do get anxious about, you know, situations in life. And so I've never really liked to burden other people with those thoughts. I mean, also, I mean, we don't need to go into it, but when you're raised in church, like I am, Chris, knows this, you know, it's all give it to God. Yeah. yeah. Give it to God and pray about it and you know, don't, don't dwell on it. And I get that there is a way to do that by also addressing it, right. Whether it's prayer or talking to other people, but there was almost a shame that I associated with having these conversations that would make other people uncomfortable. The only time I was comfortable having those conversations was in my daily job because I am dealing with other people who have trauma. Mm -hmm. On the show, I'm interviewing people who have experienced difficult situations in life. So I felt comfortable going there with them, but I never felt comfortable going there with just anyone. 
And I've realized we all have these issues. We all have pain that we're trying to suppress. Maybe another person's just trying to put a smile on to make me feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. There's really nothing that's going to make me feel comfortable right now, except having real raw conversation or else I just don't have time for it. For me, 2023 is about having intentional conversation, not just, I mean, yes, have fun. Absolutely. Chris and I were goofballs. We love to keep it light. That's a lot of how we cope with the content we're dealing with. But at the end of the day, that is going to feel lighter when we've had the hard conversations first, the ones that really matter. Yes. There's so much vulnerability that it takes to do what you're doing. I admire it so much. It's so powerful. And I'm going to venture to say that the reason that you're probably craving it and are so comfortable doing it now is because you've given yourself permission to feel the pain. You've given yourself permission to connect with what that is coming up as in your body, in your mind, in your thoughts, and to give it permission to move through you. And that's huge. I love Thank you. And thank you for having these important conversations with us. You know, Chris and I, I think we pride ourselves on being very productive people, very helpful people. But in the meantime, that self-reflection is so important for us. So giving us those tips on things that we need to do to have inner peace for ourselves so that we can be that for other people is important. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are doing something amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Amel, Chris always asks, social media, where can people follow you and see your daily tips? Yeah, I do a lot on TikTok and on Instagram, Mighty Oak Wellness, all one word. And yeah, find me on there. I hope to connect with lots of your listeners. If anyone has a question, shoot me a note on there. Thank you, Amal. Thank Thank you, you, Amal. And thank you, family, for listening in to the Trime and Cookie Juice podcast. Tune in next week where we'll have another exciting and helpful episode. We'll be talking about crime. (laughs) So get your reflection on first. (laughs) Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys.